Good night, hey, Dave. Are you going to stay on? Yeah, I'll stay on. Sure. Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll see what uh, I know. A lot of the guys uh, still in the chat are uh, uh, need to go weekly. Uh, Tom C in uh, in the UK says we need to do this weekly. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, hey, uh, Chris, I see you're going to go in for the night. Listen, if you need anything, give me a shout tomorrow. I'll be happy to help you. Um, I've got some buckets if you need it. <laughs> okay, buddy. Talk to you later. Um, oh, Jeff, you're going to stick around? Hey, terrific. Um, so, uh, Steve, we were talking about um, the archive stuff, uh, and the one thing that I mentioned about the Internet uh, versus the print, um, uh, I don't know, we, we talked about that quite a bit within the, the circles of the NMRA and and it's hard. It's one of those membership things that it's very hard to deal with. Uh, and uh, but in the print medium, in the in the world that you uh, uh, live in, um, how do you see things going? Uh, well, not I'm, necessary I'm, for the NMRA. I, I'm not actually necessary all, for the NMRA. I'm actually all, all over that world, you know. And, and it's it's you know the the iPad two was was released here. In the last couple of days, you know, um, I, I've been watching what's going on with uh, Model Road Hobbyist, I believe, is Joe Fugate. Is that right? Is that Joe Fugate's yep. magazine? Yep. You know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think I think people assimilate material in different ways, and, and I don't think a one-size-fits-all approach is ever going to work for anybody. Um, I think you're going to have a generation of people that that are on computers so much that they, they may just get just entirely burned out with them at work and want to come home to a magazine. You may find people that, like me, that are on computers all day and don't mind it. Uh, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, it, it's interesting. Um, I will say one thing about a magazine is that it's, it's intrusive in your life, which means, and that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Um, I mean, you, when you go check your mail, the, mag- the magazine's there, um, you have to handle it. You have to carry it into the house. And a lot of things on the Internet you have to go to. And if you don't think about it, you don't go to them. And so I worry right. about uh, I worry about that as a delivery uh, method for, and even emails, you know. I, I just And the Internet, one of the most interesting ways I've ever heard the Internet described is, is that it's a million voices shouting at you at once. And it really is. Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I very seldom ever spend more than two or three minutes on any web page because there's always a link that takes you off to somewhere else. And I think, I think the more OCD you are, or, <laughs> or the, the, the <laughs> you know, the, 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 you, end up, uh, you end up just bouncing all over the place. And, and ten minutes later, you're like, you know, where did I start? What was I originally even looking at? And that's yeah. what worries me about that is, is that, that um that state uh, that, you know, 15 minutes after being on the computer on the Internet, you're like, you know, what on earth was I even doing? What was I trying to do? What was I trying to accomplish? And um, Yeah, I've gone to check the weather and then <laughs> myself on, you know, some model railroading site. Uh, yeah, well, and then I find cool. myself on eBay shopping for a vertical mill or something, you know. And you, <laughs> and you just go, you know, and, and that's what scares me because I, I, I think we're creating a – I think we're creating an entire generation of people that don't have a uh, that, that don't really have an attention span. And one mm-hmm. of the things that reading does, and that magazines do, or books or publications, is is it creates uh, longevity. You know, it creates calmness, longevity. You end up spending time, you know, reading, you know, concentrating, mm-hmm. sitting, and because there's nothing distracting you, you have. A physical thing in your hand, and that's that's what you're relating with. That's what you're relating to. So, and I don't think it's a right or wrong issue. I don't think you can say, well, that's right and this is wrong. That's not even that's not even the issue. The the issue is, and I'm not sure one will win out over the other. 
I, I, I just, I don't think one will win. I, I think that there's room for both of them. Um, it, it's just, it's just a matter of, of how we package things. And I don't know. I can definitely tell you that, that there's some series, there, there's some theories on things such as if you're doing a trendy girls fashion magazine, obviously that type of thing can easily go on the internet or whatever, because it's a trend thing and there's no long-term used to creating a, a trend magazine that people are going to, you know, put on their shelves and keep for years. You know, you're not going to go back and look what the styles were in 1985 and care. Model rarity and, and historical preservation materials is a different thing because it, it, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not tied into trends, you know, so much. I mean, there are trends, but it's not tied into tre- to trends as much of it is as technologies and skills and using tools. And, and, and so consequently, it becomes magazines become a reference library and, and I use them all the time and, and not just to create other magazines or other articles, but I use them all the time to create things. I go back and grab plans out of them. I do all kinds of things like that. And so um, I, I worry about taking things that should be made in a pseudo permanent form and not doing that right. with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting thing. I think, uh, in our meeting, I think Tony uh, Custer said, you know, um, I, you know, I have to go to the internet, and I think you mentioned this, and and when he said that, I went, oh yeah, and where he said, you know, a magazine or a print media comes to you, and you go, oh, there it is, it's on my dining room table after I pulled out of the mail slot, and I can take it with me into the reading room. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, no, that was my uh, point. The intrusive. It's an intrusive media. It's an intrusive yeah. form of thing, and you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Very neat. Um, one of uh, one of the guys in the uh, chat has asked me a question, and, and um, I'll preface this too. It, do you, can you just briefly um, tell of your new position on the board of the NMRA? Um, and the reason why I say that. Um, we have uh, a fellow, Matt Goodman, who has uh, recently joined the NMRA and has had a great division uh, and really had a lot of fun. And and he's asking, what's the long-term plan for making divisions more even? Um, And maybe that's a question you can at least... uh, uh, entertain since you've just taken the position over for the last week. Well, I, and actually, I haven't yet, Clark. I, I actually really don't start until until the the NMRA National in Sacramento. Well, that's uh, true. Bob is still the RAC director. Yeah, now. he's still the RAC director. But I have been, as you know, I've been in the board of directors meetings for the last five years because yeah. of my of my my quote unquote job as the editor of the magazine, and and I feel it's very important to have my my hand on the pulse of the NMRA in order to be to be functional. I, I have to know what's going on, not just for blatant curiosity, but because I, I can't write about things and I can't if I don't know what's going on. Um, um, as for regions and divisions, I don't really know what's going on there. I know they're talking about relocating and they've been talking about boundaries and they've been talking about boundaries, especially that straddle international borders because of the difficulties that 9-11 uh, injected into crossing borders. Um, and kind of, I'm not going to say fears, but concerns with that. So I know they're addressing that. That's never an easy thing to address. Um, membership, especially membership in regions and things are very fluid. Um, I, I don't know where that's all going to come out in the wash, but I will say they're looking at it. I mean, they are studying yeah. it, and, and they spend a lot of time talking about it, and there's a lot of issues there. And the best thing anybody could do would be to write in their opinion to the board. I mean, you know, send it to the NMRA headquarters at Jenny Hendricks or send it to to whoever, and, and offer your opinion, because I'll tell you what, we don't have all the answers, but we're going to base our answers or our decisions on what we feel is best, and we're going to do the best we can to research that stuff. But, man, if you have answers or input to these things that we might not have thought about, which is very possible. You yeah, know, and, and just please, even your experiences. Please um, communicate. You know, you know, let us know, because... Yeah. We're we're not there. I mean, we're doing the best we can, but you know, we serve you guys. We're we're your board of directors. I mean, I'm I'm not there because of the money. Because oh boy, I you know I make a lot there, but <laughs> I'm there because I like to serve people and I care about model learning. You know, it's a volunteer position. We don't it, it's, but 
you're not going to find anybody on that board that says, you know, I'm there for money or power or influence. You know, it's it's it's, you know, I didn't get the rich and famous contract when I when, no, when I did I. <laughs> you know, and, and and it's I'm there to serve you, and my way to serve you is you talk to me. You know, you get a yeah. hold of us on the board, or you write, and you say, hey, here's my concern, and I think this would work, or I don't think this would work, and here's why. Because yeah. the, you know, we want to we want to be able to make an informed decision. The most frustrating thing to say is, is you hear these guys, and and we've we've gotten the I've gotten the letters, I've gotten it from from guys who I go to meetings. Oh, you know the NRA did this, and the, I go, well, when did that do that? Well, ten years ago, and I'm still ticked. And it's like, oh boy, sir. Um, well, and I, you, you know, know and we are not we are not your father's NRA anymore. We, I can honestly say this: in the last five years, we have made bounds to becoming a fantastic organization. And I always say this to people, join us, get active, and then make a decision what you think of us. Because if you do get active, you're going to think it's fantastic. You, you, you really will. Um, I have another question here. Um, one of the fellows says, I get to mixed results when talking to other club members about the NMRA and just renewed but it's hard to bring others on board. And Andy, that's a that's one of the things. And and if you listen to our NMRA show, um, that was also brought up by one of the other fellows, uh, Jimmy Simmons, at the meeting. And it depends on the guys in your area. It sometimes they're very close to new people. Sometimes they're so. What you have to do is kind of break down the barriers yourself. Get in there and participate and then kind of change it yourself um it's it's i know it's maybe hard to do and maybe uh but i mean that's exactly what i did in one uh in a division here when i first started well 30 years ago with the nmra um i was really unhappy and i thought gee yet i had been to another division and it was fabulous so i got involved i became the division uh, uh chair and then i became vice president within the region and stuff. And I changed that in that division. And we had a fabulous uh, group of guys. And, and, and it, it, it ebbs and flows with different, with different people. You get a guy like Stephen who you hear his enthusiasm and, and you get him on the board and, boy, things really change. And, and we need that. And those are the type of guys we need in the leadership roles. And uh, sometimes, and, 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 and know, there are, there are a group of people who who wouldn't give a give a penny to to be around me. I mean, you know, I mean, right. we 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 all <laughs> we're, we're not popular with everybody. I mean, that's just you know, and and that's just part of that's part of the human condition. That yeah. if you don't fit in with a certain group, you know, number one, you can start your own group. I mean, you can start your own meetings. You can start your own region, your own division. It's not like you know you have to you have to participate within boundaries. You know, I don't necessarily think that that's a good idea but you know i've had some thoughts about doing that out here because our our existing division is is um is frankly kind of uh, i need to word this very carefully um they're old time, they're old time friends and yeah. and it's not that i don't feel welcome there but i am not particularly interested in in their focus and i've i've thought you know and i know jim six did that you know he kind of started his own his own group you know, I mean, model learning is about, and the NMRA is about associating with people. And it's so right. important to associate with people. That's one of the biggest, key, for, for a lot of reasons, for their knowledge base, for their support. And, uh, but that doesn't mean you're going to get along with everybody, and that doesn't mean you're going to agree with everything that you hear and, and are exposed to. And, and that's fine. You know, I will say one of the interesting things about moderators, especially these super, I'm going to say these super successful moderators, is they're type A personality people. They're driven, they're organized, they're they're opinionated, you know, and, and boy, I tell you what, Tony Custer is an excellent example of that, you know. Tony will tell you what his opinion is, and he'll tell you when he came up with it and how he came up with it, you know, but the neat thing about Tony is, is that he'll discuss it with you, and you can change yeah. his mind. Um, but but all, but the the point of the, the point of the conversation is is that type A people are very driven, and often it, it, they they're going to appear that um, to not be very giving. Um, you know, in other words, they won't give in to new ideas and give in and try things, and that's just because a lot of moderators this hobby 
attracts a lot of, of that type of people. And that doesn't mean they're bad people. You know, it, it's a very creative hobby, and you have to be driven to be good at it. And, and yep. so, you know, with that said, you know, it's neither here or there, but just, just remember that with, it, it's a human condition and you're dealing with people. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, so what I, what we say, Andy, is get involved, um, you know, participate and then get in there and, you know, uh, politically correct and, <laughs> And for changing, you know, I know very few. I know very few people that won't listen to you. You know, yeah. if, if you can make a case for something, you know, like okay, you know, I, I'm a diesel era guy, guys. You know, and all your presentations have been on Steam. Do you think maybe we could, you know, you think there'd be room to to bring in some diesel guys to talk about stuff? That's what my interspace is. You know, communication is the key to that. And that was just an example, but that's a good example. Yeah, it's uh it's uh you know, in in certain areas, I mean, we're so lucky in the Toronto area. Um we have fabulous guys in the NMRA. They're they're very there's no political nonsense and and uh um there's no scale issues. There's no we just love model railroading and and so we're we're just very lucky, and Brian, uh, you can certainly get involved with the Anna Murray guys here. It's uh, fabulous. Um, now, somebody else asked a question. Oh, uh, Steve, as a member of a club, can the club be a member of the Anna Murray, or do the members have to join individually? Um, if I remember correctly, uh, you can join as a club. It uh, becomes a, an associate member, I believe. I forget the exact uh, um, format that that takes. Um, but then you yeah, there's only a hundred, get there's a hundred hundred percent NMRA club membership that 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 you can get that, into. That and, you can and, get as the, and that's and, and individual I, though. Yes, and, and I tell you, the, you want to do that with your club if you can, and the, and the reason is is because the NMRA offers really good insurance. Uh, so if yeah. you have open houses and things, and let's say somebody you have an open house and somebody slips and falls, um, the NMRA has excellent insurance for that kind of stuff, and just the rates and things on that type of insurance uh, as an NMRA club is is fantastic. Um, yeah, and, and this, I. I expounded that exact uh, point uh, when we first started the show and Andy has since uh, joined us uh, sort of a lighter half so um, that is absolutely fantastic uh, the insurance, our Fremo group uh, we're 100% uh, NMRA and we have all the insurance and for liability that's the liability part only um, but boy that's a huge savings uh, right there um, so uh, and in this day of litigation on top of litigation, you know, you'd like yep. to think that, that people, you know, but that's that's not the world we live in, and, and that should be a concern of all of us. That's for sure. Um, any other questions out there, guys, uh, that you want to ask? Um, Steve and I will maybe just chat about uh, other stuff. Uh, um, How's the weather up there, Clark? <laughs> uh, it's raining. It's raining like hell in Port. <laughs> or uh, um, uh, Chris Abbott, uh, who's usually on as the really uh, Tom's second in command, uh, he's been manning a pump because uh, about he was about to half an hour northwest of me, and I guess the power was out, so his sump pump and everything else, uh, he's got water in the basement, so that was the oh, that's problem. Well, I've just—I've actually just put my locomotive shell back together, and I'm going to fire it up and and see if my how my tsunami sounds here. Oh, Let's well, we can maybe uh, hear that. Um, uh, so, uh, what else, guys? Um, kind of running out of steam myself tonight. She works beautifully. Uh, I. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've been doing this evening. While I've been talking to you guys as I just finished an Atherin FP45, and now I've got to weather it, and it's she's done. So how's that for six? And uh, um, oh, Tom says, and I thought the Brits talked about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom, that's universal. And we always complain if it's you know too cold here in Toronto, we complain. And then in the summer when it's a ninety-five and you're you know the humidity is so bad, you're it's raining in your shorts, we complain about that too. 
<laughs> so, um, if there's uh, any other questions, guys, um, one of the things that we we talked about, uh, Steve and I, and that we're talking about the, this particular item, and I think I mentioned on Model Rail Radio uh, recently, but um, as far as uh, um, what do you want to call it? Uh, um, era in modeling has changed. You know, uh, before we all the stuff that was being produced, or most of it, was in the transition era, the 50s, 60s, early 70s. But now, uh, most of the stuff is uh, very modern. And uh, uh, Steve, uh, do you have any comment on that in general? Well, I, I don't agree with that, first of all. I, I, no? I would, I, I'm, well, I'm not going to say most of the stuff. No, because I just... We just I just finished up I just finished up Art Deco skyscrapers for for Walthers. I just figured, you know, we just did E7s and and E units for Walthers. So I'm not going to say most of the stuff. I will say that my friends in the hobby shop businesses um said that for the first time ever in the last couple of years, modern era equipment has now outsold the steam diesel transition stuff. Okay. Um so so that's a safer way to say that. Um Right. The, the, man, the manufacturers, I mean, like, uh, you know, well, I, I guess I can release this uh, because Atherin already has. Atherin's going back and doing Jeep 7s and Jeep 9s. That definitely is not a new engine. No. And you know what? I I applaud them for that. Um, you know, I, I'm i really hoping that somebody will, same thing in N-Scale, will come out with really fantastic switchers um, you know, we've had the big Max, we've had the big SDs, we've had the gas turbines. We've bring back some switchers and some little equipment. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, matter of fact, uh, when I saw the Athern uh, ad for the Jeep 9, boy, uh, the Canadian roads like CN was one of the biggest uh, buyers of that equipment in CP. Sure. But, boy, I was really tempted to work <laughs> Two of the SP units in the Black Widow, just because I love that paint scheme. But yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it definitely. I, okay, I have another stuff. quest. Couple questions for you, Steve. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, well, one is how many people model and talk at the same time. Uh, I think there's <laughs> a lot of us. I'm not modeling because, uh, uh, but Steve is. <laughs> um, also, Steve, what's your favorite decoder brand and why? Well, I, I as I said earlier, I, I, I'm a little new to the DCC stuff. I, I mean, I, I, I use CTC80 forever. Um, I, I, I'm actually I'm actually running some studies on my own uh, between uh, Lock Sound and the Tsunami stuff because I like the sound and I think it's it's matured to the point now where it's where it's it's at least good enough that it that it can sound good to a railroader, you know, a guy that sat in those cabs of the engines and listened to all that noise for years and years. Um, that doesn't mean at all that uh, that there aren't other other companies out there that are fantastic. And again, I haven't put these things to work on a railroad yet either. You know, I'm building them and putting them back in their boxes. I'm putting them, building them, testing now. I will say I do live in Kansas City, and Kansas City has got a lot of fantastic operating railroads. And from what I've seen, the Digitrack stuff works really well. Uh, the NCE stuff works really well. And most of the people that have these railroads and are running them have receivers from a multitude of manufacturers. So I think DCC, is, is you, could, you could almost say it's second generation now. It's coming into the second generation where a lot of the things that plagued them in the early years have been ironed out. Um, you're always going to have production problems with electronics and things. Periodically, you're going to have something... In the design, it's bad, and a bad batch of something is going to hit, you know, the market. Uh, that's just part of anything. You know, you, you even see that with automobiles. Periodically, they have recalls. That's just part of a manufacturing process. But I think, all in all, the NMRA standards are, sol- are solid. Uh, they're, they're pertinent. Uh, most of the manufacturers are manufacturing things to the NMRA standards. Uh, there are a couple that aren't out there, and I'm not going to get into that. But um, research it. Go out and look on the internet. There are a couple companies that are making things that do not meet NMRA standards, and they're kind of thumbing their nose at, at the standard. And, and I'm not, I'm not saying that from the approach of well, we all have to just you know cater to the NMRA. That's not the point. 
the, the, the point with the NMRA standards are is to make things interoperable. It is a common ground organization. It says, hey, if we want all this stuff to work well together, then you guys need to manufacture to these specifications in certain areas. And it has nothing to do, you know, with, with touting the NMRA as much as it is the, if you flip it around and look at the, the, NM, the NMRA is a group of modelers. That's what we are. And the standards that we set up are basically the modelers saying to the manufacturers, hey, guys, we want stuff to work together. So when I buy something from company A, B, and C, this stuff works together. And if you want to see a perfect example of a, of a scale or a gauge where this, this didn't happen and it didn't coagulate like it should have, you know, look at, at one or G scale. You know, you've got couplers yeah. and things all over the place. You've got heights and scale issues. And that the entire hobby could be that way if it wasn't for the fact that the hobbyists, the NMRA, we are the hobbyists, we are the NMRA, got together and demanded of the manufacturers that guys produce stuff to these specifications so it all works together. So to answer your question, I don't have a favorite. Um, I'm, I'm really liking the, the tsunami stuff. I'm really liking the, the lock sound stuff. And uh, I, I think there's more to come and I will be writing oh, yeah. on it. I, I will definitely be writing I, on it in the next few years. Yeah, I think so too. I think we're, we, we're in a fabulous time as a motor railroader with all the stuff that, that's out there. It's just, you can just spend now. as much money as you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're back to that. Aren't we? <laughs> you, can, yeah. you can just spend as much money as you can bring in. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, it's funny. Um, on that subject, when we were talking about it, I was laughing because um, I'm a structure guy. And, well, you know that. And and uh, so cars, I I got my car certificate because I was needed it and wanted it and wanted to learn and be well-rounded and, and get my MMR. But um, now I I would build a car for sheer pleasure, but I don't have to. Um and I think that is a huge uh, advantage. Uh, I can build the railroad and really enjoy it and then come back and build that one-of car that I really can't buy. And, uh, boy, I love that, uh, to be able to do that. Um, well, it's a multifaceted hobby, and that's part of the things that keeps me in the hobby. Yeah. Is I can do yeah. a wide variety of things at a wide variety of times, and it's not like there's just one thing, you know, my hobby consists of, you know, one thing. It's it's so broad. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I will uh yeah. Um Oh, Matt Goodman, uh he's our our relatively newest uh, MM or Anamarie member and uh he was um typed in saying I really enjoyed the AP conversation from Las Vegas. And he says it was one of those aha moments um, that uh, he just thought, wow. And he's probably, I think, seriously now thinking about uh, getting into uh, the AP program, which I hope he does. <laughs> oh, so you're saying aha good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aha good, aha bad, you know? I mean, it's... No, no, no. Aha is in, you know, the light went on. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. So, um, what else? Uh, oh, some guys are talking about uh, oh CAD work. Um, another question, uh, and this is really a die question. I and the guys kind of wanted to to get into the question of the Ethernet and DCC and all that and CAN bus and. And I kind of said I want to leave it for uh, for Mr. Voss because he's the guy who who uh, should answer those questions. But somebody asked me if, if Stephen, if you think uh, the Ethernet DCC will come about. Well, I, it, it, this this is so odd. This is occurring because you know running a, a highly computer savvy company. Uh, we had talked about this, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago, you know, about how, because you can buy things off the shelf, you know, Ethernet is a, it's a standard and things hook up to each other in, in a specific way. And and really, if, if you go back to it, a lot of the, even the DCC systems are nothing but a token ring system, which was kind of a pre-Ethernet 
system for attaching computers, you know, in, in your in your office pre-Ethernet days. You know, the token ring systems, and that's what a lot of the DCC communication stuff is. So, the the, the technologies that are finding their way in the model railroad definitely aren't new. Um, to answer your question, I think um, I think there will be some Ethernet uh, connectivity. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's actually going to catch up with the Ethernet itself because I think Ethernet um, is going to be in its waiting years before long because there are some new technologies that are coming out computer-wise that are just going to be astoundingly fast, um, ten times as fast. And as a matter of fact, I. The new Apple laptops have this new light pipe or something they call it that that's built into them. That's a communication that's just absolutely just scorchingly fast. And 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 what I'm what I'm getting at by saying this is is all technologies have a shelf life. And one of the things at the end of their shelf life, um, uh, parts and components are no longer made to support them. And so um, at this point, the CAN bus stuff and the Ethernet connectivity. Ethernet is not going to disappear tomorrow, but it is going to disappear at some point, and probably sooner than we would like to think, because it it you know it was ten one hundred, then it was you know um, ten, then one hundred, then gigabit speeds. So there's been three there's been three speeds of Ethernet, and it's just mm-hmm. about done. Copper on wire is just about done. I think it's we're going to see some changes. So so I you know I, I I think it's a good idea. I think the technology will be there for a while, but there's going to be there's going to be market changes. One of the things that's happening in the world of computers is the capability is doubling so fast anymore on computers, and we're seeing that uh, even in the DCC stuff. You know, DCC, when it came, there was no sound, and then all of a sudden there was sound, and now there's digital sound, and now there's digital recordable sound, and, and, you know, you're going (laughs) to – it's astounding uh, what's happening. And I have – in my hand here, I have several variations of – of soundtracks, decoders, earlier stuff, you know, mid-range stuff, and then the new tsunami stuff, and then the new new tsunami stuff. And even in in one manufacturer in one field, there have just been marked leaps. Yeah. So. Yeah, Tom's, Tom's just saying the Ethernet ID the protocol, um, and you know, he, Tom, uh, he's uh, um, you're over my head, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, of course, a lot of things go over my head. Um, but, uh, Tom, uh, we really need to get uh, the technical guys on, and I think Tom Barbelay is going to have uh, uh, a special on the technical DCC and, and talking about Ethernet and that. So maybe we'll wait for that, um, and we'll uh, we'll cut to that. So, um any other questions, you guys? Uh, if not, um, I may uh, I may uh, ask uh, guys to uh, say goodnight, and we'll call this uh, this post show uh, over. Um, apparently, just for a weather update here in Toronto, it has now gotten cold, and that rain has changed to snow. And apparently, there's about three inches of snow out there. So uh, that's the latest weather at uh, 11.30 p.m. in Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, Bucky. (laughs) Yeah, okay. uh, Well, say good night, Steve, and thank you very much for being on. I know Tom and uh, the whole listening crew really appreciated it, and I appreciate you for, for, uh, you know, throwing your your project away and your modeling to come and talk to us uh, for tonight, but it's... uh, um, really appreciate it. And uh, Tom in the UK says it's 4:31 in dark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fire the airbrush up, and I'm airbrush up, and I'm going to do a little bit of weathering on this engine with some local concrete. So I'm going to do that before I go to bed here. So all good right. night, and, good night, uh, all. Good talking to you, and Clark. Uh, we'll do it again. Yeah, thanks very much, Steve. I appreciate you uh, jumping in on this, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Um, everybody says, Steve, uh, thanks. I enjoyed the discussion. So, um, thanks again. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. All right, guys. Well, that's it for the, uh, post show on, uh, March the 5th. 
It's uh, been a terrific uh, evening, and thank you very much. Um, I think it might be time to order a pizza. I don't know. I'm hungry now. And Steve, uh, oh, um, what's Steve's company name? I will, uh, I'll put it on the list for everybody out there. And, uh, and <laughs> Tom, Tom says, boo-hoo. He's, uh, you're ready to go all night, aren't you, Tom? Oh, I love you. All right. Oh, there it is. Uh, PrairieRail.com. Uh, Tom is uh, in the chat. So that's great. Who's doing the Late Late Show? Oh, boy. Um, um, I don't know. Maybe we can stay around. Um, oh, pizza for breakfast. Yes. Um, well, you have to really know me. I eat food at any time. Okay, guys. We'll uh, say goodnight. And I really appreciate uh, you guys all hanging in and asking questions. It made for a terrific night. Uh, and I really wish that... Um, uh, Chris could have been here. He's he's a fabulous co-host. And Terry, thank you very much for for your work. And um, I really appreciate uh, all your support uh, and uh, for sort of letting. And to Tom who gave me the reins and has just called me the new Jim Lincoln. Uh, that might be just too scary. I'm just uh, I'm just ordering Jeff's T-shirt, so let me just hit uh, <laughs> let me just hit. You know, it's cheaper to get T-shirts to Canada than it is to get them in the U.S. Now, this is just insane. Uh, well, maybe I'll get one of those. Yeah, and it would be cheaper for you to get it sent to you in Canada than it would be for me because I have to pay tax on it as well. Yeah, because I'm in yeah. Nevada and they manufacture it here, which means I don't buy. So, yeah, you will get it at a better rate than uh, I will get it currently. So, yeah, the, the ones to Canada were cheaper than this than sending it to Jeff. But um, I guess I'm going to have to encourage more Canadian listeners to get T-shirts then. That's insane. So it's seventeen twenty nine to send it to the U.S., and it's twelve eighty five to send it to Canada. <laughs> That's funny. That's absolutely insane. Anyway, yeah. let me just uh, – let me just maybe I did hit send. No, it's just lost Jeff's address. What on earth is going on here? Order confirmation. So let me hope that that was Jeff's T-shirt. Let me just see. Hey, just on a personal note, Tom, and I don't know if the other guys may be listening in, and that's fine, but uh, just on a personal note, it was really nice to meet you in person, and my uh, girlfriend oh, enjoyed it. And, and uh, the other fellows at the table and that, uh, we really had a great time, and and a lot of the guys after have sent me emails saying, hey, you know, that uh, roundtable discussion that we had was really fantastic. It got off to a bit of a slow start, but then everybody chipped in. It really and, warmed up, didn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. and it was terrific. And, yep. Yeah. My, my only concern was every time, you know, I re, or leaned over to reposition myself, I was pulling down the chair. Oh, my God. Well, none of that audio actually came through. It was kind of funny. I was listening to it afterwards and... In fact, what happened was I did the post-production on it, and it was like 11 o'clock at night, and I was like, do I really want to post this now? I don't know what's going on with this audio. So I just right. posted it just in case. And the audio came through fine. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. The post-production had basically pulled. And, I mean, for folks who were singing, there was a loud air conditioner through most of it, which was like 20% of the audio was air conditioning noise, like literally right. just a fuzz that was on it. So I'll call it a night. It, it sounds horrible, poor Chris. I mean, this... Business, yeah, but, yeah. and um, PJ uh, uh, just came and tapped on my door, and she whispered to me that uh, she says, you know, all that rain? I said, yeah. She says, it's not raining anymore. She says, there's got to be three inches of snow out there now. Right. So uh, we could be in for a flash freeze, which would be good for Chris. But um, you'd hope. Well, you'd hope so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Or it could yeah, just uh, freeze and. I mean, when when water refreezes, it expands as well. So if it's gotten into stuff, well, that yeah. could be a problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, I'll, I'll right. let us call it a night. It's been an absolute pleasure, and thank you very much for uh, for running the post show, Clark. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, as I told you before, um, I'm very happy that you, um, you know, personally and 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 from what our discussions was in in Vegas and that, but. Uh, your invitation and I've had so much fun and all these guys uh, on here, um, you know, and especially the regular guys that I've gotten to meet, uh, um, 
boy, they're like family. And when I don't talk to them after, you know, a week or two, I'm wondering what the heck they're doing. So uh, <laughs> thank you very much, you guys. I uh, I really uh, enjoy the company and uh, the new friendships. So um, you guys are terrific out there and uh, keep listening. And Tom, thank you very much for what you do. And uh, we'll get pushed back on and, and then uh, and we'll find Jim. And uh, <laughs> then I won't, you guys won't have to listen to me as much. <laughs> Yeah, it's always fun, Mike. It's always fun. It's been a pleasure tonight. And yeah, it was really great meeting you, uh, meeting you on location, actually. I'm looking forward, actually, to uh, coming up to your part of the world sometime uh, and, and meeting Chris and all the other related folk. Yeah, it's hard to hang up on you guys. I think we should all get together and, and uh, decide that we should meet at TrainFest or at Springfield or at something and just have everybody fly in and we'll all stay at one hotel. And, um, it would be crazy to, it would be crazy. Uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. You too, Tom, you, you come from the UK and, uh, we'd love to, we'll, we'll get a lift and we'll get a jumper for you. Um, and, uh, don't worry. We'll, uh, give you a ring. So, <laughs> Anyway, uh, we'd uh, we'd love to have all you guys, but we should we should actually pick a location, and even if you know for for a year for now, and make it a model railroad radio convention, and uh, if we make it close enough to uh, Chicago, we'll all stay at Steve's. <laughs> anyway, uh, Train Fest is November. I have the dates here, but it's usually the around the 10th or 11th or 12th uh, is Springfield, uh, Brian. And um, Tom, uh, it's not too bad here in November. You could fly to Toronto and drive with us. It's about a, from Toronto to Milwaukee. It's about a ten and a half hour drive. But uh, if you book ahead, we'll save you a seat in the van. Yeah, ten and a half hours. It's you go from Toronto to Detroit from Detroit to Chicago and then Chicago to Milwaukee. It's an easy drive though. It's all, you know, highway. It's, it's very simple. So. Yeah, I think I'm good there this uh, year, Clark. There you are, Matt. Yeah. How are you? It's only a seven hour drive. I looked at it last year and uh, it's, it's, that's not too bad. Yeah. From where you are. Yeah. 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 That's a, well, uh, yeah. I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Yeah, I heard parts of it off and on because I was—I'm still working on that uh, play prop for my daughter, and it's—I've uh, so been in between running the drill press and and circular saw. I've been listening in. Oh, great! Thanks for getting Stephen in. He was a uh, uh, a good. Uh, oh, he's he's a fabulous guy. Um, he's a little, uh, you know, active. I'll say. Um, he is just a go, 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 go guy. Um, he's going to be a fabulous guy to be on the board and, uh, but I've known Steven now a long time and, uh, fabulous model railroader, really enthusiastic. And one of the big things he really loves to share with people. And that is, in my opinion, one of the big keys. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's a lot of fun. Uh, I was hoping to have, uh, some of the other uh, guys uh, come on too. I was hoping to have Roger Chrysler on tonight, and and some of the other board members, uh, but uh, just I guess busy and so forth. But uh, we'll have them all on again, and uh, and uh, I know uh, Tony Custer and Charlie Getz have already said that they'll come on, um, but I have to give them a specific time. So we're going to have some fabulous guests in the future as well. Yeah, the last uh, show is the one in Las Vegas, and this were, uh, I think, uh, fantastic. Because I've been talking. Do you, do you know Bob Weinheimer? He's uh, no, I I have not. But I was talking to uh, Mike um, Bristol, is the president, and he he mentioned that uh, he knows uh, uh, the fellow very well, and he said, "Oh yeah, he'll 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 look after him because he's just that type of guy," and and uh, it's. That's one of the big hard problems with the NMRA, and and 
like in our area, it's wide open. There's no, it's not clickiness. But then you get into the, some of the older areas where you've got older retired guys and they kind of run it the same way, you know, and it, it's frustrating. And, uh, and I don't know if you change that, would you get guys out because they like it the old way? It's, it's very hard. It's, it's, you know, kind of regioned and divisioned and, and parcel to, to your area. So, um, that's hard. Like I know in our area, we're doing a lot of hands-on classes. Um, almost every division runs a, a seminar where they do a hands-on seminar. Um, one of the guys is doing a freight car one where they're totally scratch building it. Well, not scratch building. They're doing a resin car kit. Um, another one is doing a white metal kit um, next month. And, uh, yeah, so they're doing a lot of hands-on stuff. Um, they don't do a lot of flea markets because in our area you can go to a model railroad flea market uh, slash train show every weekend if you want within a two-hour drive of Toronto. Well, Toronto is really a uh, hotbed for model railroading activity, it sounds like. Well, it is, and it's and it's also uh, you know part of the um, the population. I mean, uh, you know, seventy five percent of Canada lives in the Toronto area. Um, you know, we only have about twenty eight, twenty nine million uh, people in the whole country, and in the GTA area, you've got almost uh, close to nine million people. So it's uh, it's just, you know, out of numbers. So. Hey, uh, <laughs> my division, just for a second, the, uh, actually, Bob Weinheimer is the uh, superintendent for Division 9. It's not even my division, but, but uh, he's a listener to this podcast and also a, a sometimes participant on the uh, mailing list. And uh, I just got to know him through that. So, yeah, he's he's a, a good guy. I actually haven't met anybody from my division yet. I uh, Unfortunately, that the, the last meeting was just this, a week ago this past or this this Sunday, and uh, right. I got the time wrong. I was thinking it's later in the day, and it started earlier. And that uh, I would have loved to have gone there, and they're doing they're doing some clinics. I would like to see how that ran. Yeah, and get my yeah. own. Yeah, every division does a little bit. Generally, the the premise that I, uh, you like to see is is that in the we usually do a full day, and in the morning they do maybe two or three clinics, and then in the afternoon they have a a layout tour of some of the, you know, layouts that are really close by. And you might go see four or five layouts, and then you go home. And that's a terrific way to spend a Saturday. Yeah. So um, one of the big things in the Toronto area, a matter of fact, it's coming up next, actually at the end of this month, on the 26th, we have um, west of Toronto, it's probably, oh, maybe maybe 35 miles, I guess, west of Toronto, we have an area called Kitchener, um, which is a city, and then there's some smaller cities around it, and uh, they have a club there, and they put on a, a layout tour, and you go to community center, and you pay five bucks a person for a map, and um, there'll be 40 homes layouts to go see. And they go from 9 in the morning till 9 at night, and some are absolutely awesome. Some are, you know, under construction, and they, you know, they have the write-up, and they tell you what's going on. So if you are starting to build a layout and need to want to go see benchwork, boy, you can go pick the benchwork ones. And if you want to see a completely finished layout, you can pick those. Or if you want to see a, a prototype-based layout, you can go see those. It's, uh, it's a fantastic uh, um, day. And, uh, yeah, if any of you guys, matter of fact, I was telling Steve that from Chicago, and Steve was saying, maybe I should drive over and come for that. And I said, well, you come. It's, we'll, uh, we'll put you up. So if you get to Chicago, uh, come over. Well, actually, for you, it would be easier just to, to drive up and come through Buffalo, I think. But uh, um, you guys want to come up uh, anytime. Uh, we'll, we'll find some place to put you up between Chris and I and Brian and, and uh, it might be family style, as I call it, but uh, you're welcome to come up and get some auto railroading in. Yeah, I tell you, it's hard to get in Canada nowadays. We uh, we had a uh, project uh, up there this past oh, June and uh, had trouble getting folks in. It, it was a, 
apparently I, I didn't get I didn't get to go. I was hoping to to go to that particular site so I could uh, maybe touch base with uh, Chris at the time. I don't I don't think I'd met you yet, and uh, and uh, the guys that did go up there uh, said that, that crossing the border was was a challenge. Uh, it, that, well, it's not. Cr- yeah, it's not crossing into Canada that's the problem. It's getting you guys back home. Um, it was getting in. You know, they, they were, yeah, you can – what's that? In this case, it was getting in because they were doing some work in there, so they had uh, uh, a lot of paperwork they had to go through and uh, uh, work permits to pay for and, and so forth. So it's uh, – Yeah, you – More than yeah, You don't want to tell them you're coming in for – you know, if you're bringing tools and or something in, then yeah, you got to pay and you got to have all the paperwork. But if you're just coming in, you know, it's just, just you just tell them you're you're coming to meet with some people for business. You won't have a you don't have an issue. But um, you know, uh, very few Americans actually have passports, and that's uh, a big issue in our region because our region actually splits the border. Um, in the Niagara Frontier region and the NMRA, we have Ontario, and then we have most of Western New York and a part of Pennsylvania. And uh, our guys in the U.S. won't go and get passports to come across the border, and uh, that's a that's a real issue for us here. But uh, um, yeah, it's the U.S. government that you know after 9/11 they wanted everybody to have passports, including us, which that was very foreign to us to to come across into the United States before we just had to have some kind of ID. So that's been a huge change. And, uh, um, you know, most of us have passports anyway. Um, and when they brought that rule in, uh, um, probably, I think it's up to about 73% of Canadians have a passport. And the reason is, is so we can get to Florida or California because, you know, in the winter, we all go south. But, um, you know, for you guys to come up to the States, uh, um, a lot of guys just won't uh, won't get a passport uh, to uh, to come up. Hey but, Clark, uh, uh, yeah. I'm asking how many people usually come to these uh, open open houses where you have 40 layouts. Oh. On um, they get. Uh, I think the highest they've had has been 1,600 people. Um, 1,200 is probably the norm. Not to one site. You're talking about across all those 40 sites. That's right. Yeah, they they'll they'll uh, um, so some of the better layouts they will get six hundred seven hundred people during the day, um, and uh, uh, you know some of the the lesser knowns or the the layouts that are maybe a little farther dry they won't get as many. But uh, it's uh, it's amazing. There's one layout and one club that's way out. I'll call it in the country, but it's. You know, it's probably a 20-minute drive out of kind of the big urban, well, it's not an urban area. And, um, boy, you you have a tough time parking on the little concession road to uh, to get into the place because it's a great layout. So, um, uh, yeah, they usually, and they'll limit, like people will stand outside the house, uh, you know, and or sit in their cars, depending if the weather's bad for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, and then everybody takes turns. It's pretty pretty good to get in, uh, Tom. So, um, and do I have an open house? Sure, you can come anytime, Tom. Just phone me ahead, um, and uh, you're welcome to come see my small layout. Well, if I ever come to the U.K., I'm going to make sure I, I knock on Tom's door, and he's going to take me up to that uh, railroad. Uh, what was it, uh, Tom? The uh, Oh... One with all the beautiful bridges. Oh, he's not going to type it in here. Uh, but yeah, I'll, 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 maybe to type it. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's about. He seems to be about like about a five minute leg, or maybe not quite that long, but a, a good three minute leg. So, you know, I have to say that I, I haven't been to very many layouts outside my, uh, well, to me, layout tours. But in this past year. I got to go see a couple of layouts that were associated with the uh, O-Scale convention. Uh, I'm sorry, no, it was called March Meet uh, in Chicago, which is where I met Steve last year. And uh, right. I went to go see a couple of just huge O-Scale layouts. And, uh, and then, of course, this past, what was a month ago, two months ago now, went to go see uh, Bob Weinheimer's and uh, Lynn Young's uh, layouts down in 
Southern Ohio and Charleston, West Virginia. And uh, that was, and the reason I want to do that is because a lot of these things I get stuck on with trying to figure out how I'm going to plan something is because I haven't done it yet. So it's just nice to see how people have done, the, like you said earlier, if you want to see bench work, uh, you can go see bench work on this tour. And, and that's, some of those things are just uh, eye-openers. Oh, you know, it makes sense once you see it. Uh, you can read about it as much as you want. You can see a DVD, but once you see it, it makes sense. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's amazing. So, um, oh, one of the guys just said uh, there was an elk standing in the road. <laughs> I said, yeah, we have it all. Um, yeah, we don't have too many elk in the city. I mean, uh, as I said, in the Toronto area now, we're up to around 9 million and uh, sort of what they call the golden horseshoe because it just is a horseshoe around uh, Lake Ontario and uh, and that. So it's uh, it's a pretty pretty uh, urban. You know, we're like the we're the New York of of Canada really here and uh, the the financial center of Canada. So um, other people in Canada go, oh yeah, you guys always think you're the center of the world, but we are. <laughs> <laughs> so we're kind of uh, yeah we're you know the the big uh, the big city uh, in uh, in Canada. So, um, but, just, uh, every time we have a cold snap here, I think about you guys because it's it's going to be colder up there. And and the weathermen here always blame Canada. You know they always say, oh we're getting a we're getting a clipper from. Oh, I know. The Northeast, it's all come, that cold weather is coming from Canada. We laugh because, you know, we get all the American channels out of Buffalo and, and that and and uh, and some of the cable, you know, the what they call that time-shifting stuff. And we, you know, listen and we just go, oh, brother, you guys, it's not that bad. But uh, really in Toronto, I mean, we have fantastic uh, weather. I mean, sure, it's it's winter, but... Um, we're actually on the same, um, uh, oh, I forget what the actual geographical term is, but almost on the same, uh, parallel is Northern California here in Toronto. So when you think of it that way, you go, what, <laughs> um, you know, like people in, in Detroit always say, Hey, we'll come south to see you because they literally have to come slightly south to get to Toronto. They're actually north of us. But um, yeah, we yeah we're Canadian. We'll handle it. Um, I think we have great great weather here. Uh, you know, we have we have the four seasons and and uh, it's very enjoyable. It's it's really not much different than where you are in. Uh, I I'm sorry, you're in the Columbus area, Matt. Yeah, I'm not that far south for you. I'm I'm probably uh, uh, if I were able to drive straight to Toronto, I'm probably a four hour drive. I mean, it's not that far. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's really uh, you know one degree per hundred miles, so it's there's no real big change. But uh, um, how deep does it get, Tom? Well, the, <laughs> now what you talking about? <laughs> a lot of guys, a lot of guys would depend on how much BS I'm uh, I'm uh, handling out. But uh, how tall um, are you, Clark? Well, yeah, nice. And uh, but uh, no, it's not too bad. That's you, Jason. Hey, yeah, yeah. Jump in, Jason. Oh, I've just been listening away. You two have been going at it pretty well, so. Yeah, how are you, man? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Just uh, wife came home from work, put her to bed, and came down. I was like, "Hey, there's a show tonight." Came down, and of course, (laughs) it's ending right as I walked out, which is typical fashion for me. So. (laughs) So. We're in South Carolina, or something like that. Is that right, or do I have you mixed up with somebody else? Uh, you must have that. I'm in Iowa, middle of nowhere. That's right. That's right. I need to get uh, a cheat sheet written down so I can uh, remember all these things. I thought about putting uh, like a page out in the wiki, just saying you know, who we all are, just at, just real high level, just saying, hey, you know, Jason's from Iowa, Matt's from from Ohio, and so forth. Uh, yeah, we should get we should make like a little map that we can put like push pins in. <laughs> that's not a bad idea for our, mem- for our membership. <laughs> for the Google Maps push pins, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll start with, uh, uh, I need to go back through the, uh, round table that Steve did because you were, you were on that one, right? And I think that, uh, we had a lot of people talk about, you know, where they're from and so forth. I need, need to write that down. See, every time I say I want to put someone on the wiki, it's mainly, it's mainly for my own purpose. 
so that I can remember something. And uh, but I uh, I make the excuse that it's for the benefit of the entire community. You know, I see that, but that but that works because so many of us are just lazy, and you know, and you know, if, if it wasn't for those people that are just out for their own good, you know, to help the community, you know, things would never get done and shared. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, uh, speaking of it, uh, I mentioned that Age of Steam Roundhouse, you said you looked at the website? Yeah, that's looking like it's coming along quite nice. Uh, very interesting stuff they're building over there. I was impressed by the uh, water tower. That's going to be huge. <laughs> that's the coolest thing ever. Dad was talking about that. He says they, the only thing, uh, whoops, there's a the dog. Um, so, yeah, he had to... Uh, you know, he's just the architect on the project, but he had to pick up some things that he didn't. It's normally outside the scope. Like he had to design the the mechanism that lowers the spout because you see, you know, I said back in the day there'd be engineering drawings on the railroad for this kind of thing, but uh, uh, they didn't. Oh yeah. So he had to kind of draw one of those up from scratch. But uh, this is just uh, perfect for him because he was he grew up as a kid watching steam locomotives go through Circleville, Ohio and uh, you know he's been a real buff ever since and uh, oh, cool railroad and that sort of thing so that this is kind of just a kind of perfect uh, project for him yeah oh no I when I saw it I was like you know how come I can't find firms that specialize in just train work <laughs> probably because there's not much work for him but uh, yeah it's, uh, it's an amazing project and just really cool to see I can't wait uh, uh, to see when it opens so I can go visit. Of course, I should go visit and look up your dad and just have him give me a site tour anyways. But You can uh, always pass it off as, hey, I'm an architect. I mean, that's... <laughs> I've been there a few times on the site and, and um, actually one of the... He's going to go take part of my family up there again uh, in about two weeks, but unfortunately we'll be out of town because I haven't seen that water tower at all. Oh. Um, I've seen the Last time I was up there, they had the all the footings in place for the water tower. You know, you probably yep. saw uh, photos of the form work and that sort of thing. When I got there, all that was all in place, but you know, no no timber was on site. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was. I'm impressed by the uh, all all of the uh, joint timber joinery uh, that they're doing for underneath there. I'm I, honestly, I'm awfully surprised. But the more I think about it, or thought about it. Uh, you know, then it starts to make more and more sense because anything that you put in there that's metal will, you know, over time rust and decay because everyone knows that water towers are oh so, you know, leak-free and uh, the grass is never greener any, anywhere in there. Conference is scheduled to be broken down automatically in... Five minutes. To extend the time by 60 minutes, press star eight. Star eight. Working that out? Yeah, I already know. Hey, listen, guys, I'm going to say goodnight, um, but I will uh, say thanks, guys. Matt, you carry on. Okay. And uh, Matt, did you you were the one to go on to Phoenix, weren't you? Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, I meant yeah. that again. Yeah, um, I have sent out uh, some feelers to guys, and when I get the uh, the answers back, I'll hook you up with them. And uh, I know there's a couple guys at the Phoenix Club, and there's a couple other guys that are around, so uh, we'll look after you, okay? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, the only thing I'm a little concerned about is that uh, since it's a work visit, I'm, I don't know for sure when I'll have the time free to do it, so it might be kind of... Uh, uh, no, you can you can phone. I'll get you. I'll set you up so that you have the phone numbers, and you just play it by ear with these guys. That'd be great. I appreciate it. I really okay. appreciate it, Clark. Oh, yeah, no problem, man. Yeah, if any of you guys are going anywhere, I know a lot of guys uh, in North America, and uh, we can hook you up. That's one of the big things about uh, the NMRA, boys. Guys love to show off their layouts. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just amazed anyway. that when Tom says he's going to Phoenix or uh, San Francisco, you said you knew somebody there, and I asked him going to Phoenix. I didn't expect you to know anybody down there, but you knew people down there, and that's just astounding how wide your uh, pool of friends is. I'm very lucky, uh, and that's all from a lot of it is from the NMRA and also guys who um, have taken the courses that I run. And, uh, you know, they say, hey, Clark, if you ever – and I always tell these guys, you know, from Texas, they always say, you all come back. And I always say, listen, if you invite me, I'm coming. 
And uh, so these guys all know. And, and I have certainly had guys from the U.K. come and, and visit me. And, and uh, you know, I take them around and show, do some rail fanning. And I'm more than willing to do that. So and that extension goes to any of you guys. Uh, um, if you're ever in the Toronto area or want to come up, uh, you know, really air flights are cheap. Especially you can get on Southwest for 49 bucks, and I'll meet you in Buffalo and pick you up. As long as you got a passport and we get your uh, get your rear end across the border, uh, you're you know if you want to come for a weekend, man, um, we can get you all the model railroading you want, and that goes out to anybody. So uh, I'm gonna say goodnight and um, thanks, guys. Appreciate uh, all your help for tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you later. And hopefully, Steve can run another one of the his, uh, famous. Uh, um, cast during the week. I thought that was great. I had a lot of fun on that. Well, it's good. this is going to make you grind your teeth, but I, I, I want to do one of those for that uh, planning thing I was talking about, and that we came up on the list, and and uh, that went over kind of like a not quite like a lead balloon, but it went over like a, uh, a steel balloon anyway. <laughs> but really, but uh, but yeah, I mean, they really said, yeah, this really sounds cool, and then there's some other folks who. Uh, uh, he said, oh, "You know why? Why? Why is this coming up on the on the list? It's not model railroading related, but you know, what I figure, Clark, is that that uh, people uh, in, enjoy having some kind of structure. You know, uh, if you're not good at doing a certain thing, you, you go out and buy a DVD yeah. or a clinic or whatever, and this is no different. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yep. Go ahead, Clark. No, I was just going to say I'm going to say good night, you guys, you guys, Yak, and uh, hopefully uh, you get some more time there." And to all the new guys, uh, Jeff and that, uh, thanks for jumping in. Uh, it's been fun to meet you guys. All right, Clark. And uh, I'm saying good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> night, Clark. Good night, guys.